0: fucking cute today
1: <laughs> huh not as cute as me I got like a little
0: samurai top knot dude and, like, i look mullet. like uncle fester <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it for a second all right are we just gonna crack into it should we just fucking crack into it fucking cute yeah shit. dude all right it's never natural when we prepare <laughs> i don't i don't don't okay quit licking your little mushroom head on top of your microphone that's fucking gross <laughs> welcome to episode 92 of i'm sorry what the podcast I'm amanda i was supposed to go first i'm christina you paused for too long you left it <laughs> too open on. for me to say it too much of a pause it's my turn <laughs> i have to fill the silence you know i do uh i didn't actually like this just let's just be clear dude um, she was mining was... deep throating her microphone yeah i was <laughs> with the giant Love mushroom it. head on it
1: yeah, I got a nice little fluffy filter. right off the bat.
0: Filter. Not bill approved.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like the starting thing. She was she was miming deep-throating her mushroom top microphone. <laughs> Whoa. What's up? How you doing?
0: I'm grand. For those of you who haven't time-traveled with us, it's the day after Christmas. We're recording in advance.
1: Yes, Because of not- my surgery. It's not actually the day after Christmas, right? This moment.
0: No, when we're recording.
1: Um, this will actually be what January 6th?
0: Yeah. That you're hearing this? Yeah. So happy new year, motherfuckers. Yeah, 2020 is done. Fucking done. Everybody just tiptoe in. It's yep. not gonna no new year, new me. None of that bullshit. You better have all mm-hmm. just silently entered the new year quietly. Don't touch anything don't unearth any mummies Mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. just no breaking new ground on anything no you never know
1: what you're letting out
0: ease on in
1: (laughs) wait until like march when we're like okay things are looking okay now we can adventure into new things that's that's our
0: advice for this year for the year (laughs) just stay yourselves no new year new me bullshit stay in it's your not lane gonna, it's not gonna be your year just everybody calm the fuck let down
1: it, let it be like your your eight eight to ten months yeah once once we've moved in and we know that things are mellowing out just
0: six months even six months yeah. i like, just give it you could be new year new me in june okay there you go <laughs>
1: it's like your half birthday of what would have been your new you
0: yeah okay let's do that
1: (laughs) she shit son son yeah i repeated after you what's
0: up good job
1: chris (sighs) thinks that we need to record when you're high
0: when i'm high Mm -hmm. oh i'm painkillers i'm like i don't smoke weed (laughs) i don't get high you know on bennies Mm -hmm. (laughs) pop a couple of bennies and record then i, I need <laughs> to remember it's benadryl's for anyone it's not benzene or benzene right. <laughs> benadryl
1: <laughs> no he he said that hi Christina's funny we should record at least once while you're still on your pain meds
0: hi christina is funny but hi christina also is very sleepy <laughs> <laughs> so you have to start recording it before the painkiller kicks in like i have to take it Right as the episode starts. And then in the middle of your story is when I'm gonna start getting it. So Or just like when my story starts. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you would enjoy that, but I mean we can.
1: Well, we'll see where we're at in about a week, all right? Yeah. Even when you're when you're on the mend. hmm <laughs> I just can't. I'm so giggly today, I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, ew
0: yeah i don't have covid my test said so my test
1: said did your whole family have to get tested
0: nope just me and i haven't left the house so yes i almost have
2: actually (laughs) oh so exciting
0: (laughs) dad's gonna go to hobby lobby today because katie got him some paint by number canvases and they he needs some canvas stretchers oh that is
1: just exciting
0: he's gonna hit up the hobby lobby
1: Oh, he's gonna go to the craft
0: store, huh? He's go to the craft store.
1: <laughs> Shit. What it, I was just gonna say, what'd you do this week? But
0: it's Christmas. I got a COVID test. I napped. I made a beautiful prime rib. Mm-hmm. Chris and I were discussing how delicious it looked. Delicious. It was a lot of like, you can't just cook it. Nope. It's a lot of work, but it was totally worth it i had like two prime rib sandwiches yesterday i'm probably gonna have another one today hell yeah how was your week you just worked and did christmas stuff yep
1: pretty much pretty much went to the rents baby fever flew out of control hanging Mm -hmm. out with
0: leon um ovaries reached out of her body and grabbed choke cold chris and said impregnate me
1: (laughs) fertilize me (laughs) um so it was a lot of fun though it was it was a good time good things uh we ate a lot a lot of shit food and so get ready for cranky amanda because i'm and i need to now like cut back because i ain't getting any smaller you know what i'm saying
0: you know (laughs) my sister and i both this year i got her or she made me this really awesome like it's a grandma wrap but i effing love it it's got pockets and everything i'm gonna wear it at my desk at work when it's freezing in my office and she i put it on and she goes i'm glad it fits your girth (laughs) (laughs) and she i was like you're such a dick and then she opened her sweatsuit that i got her and i ordered it on amazon and you have the option of putting a a, like gift note in there Uh. And on the gift note, I wrote, Sweatpants are all that fits me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom's like, you guys are so mean to each other. A fact is a fact. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) My pants are all that fits me right now. (laughs) So then every time any of us opened anything, I'm like, we would go, I hope it fits your girth. (laughs) I hope it fits your girth. And my mom bought me a pair of like flannel pajama pants and they did not fit. And I came out and I'm like,
2: It doesn't
0: fit my my (laughs) girl. And she's like, it's a lot sadder when it doesn't fit. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as funny when it doesn't fit. (laughs)
1: But it's too small that it's just sad. (laughs) So, you got a story for me or?
0: I mean, I do. What? So. You do? It's weird. It's like we prepared for this again. Uh, It's like we do this almost every, every week <laughs> almost every week it's fucking weird um <laughs> um all right so this case is the case of cindy james you ever heard of her i don't think so okay so in june of i'm gonna i'm just we're gonna kick it off right with the death so perfect just i sometimes don't warn you about it and then it's like whoa we're just we're jo- diving right in we're diving right in okay so June of 1989, a body of a woman was found in the Vancouver, British Columbia suburb of Richmond. Okay. So she was found lying in the yard of an abandoned house. She was, And she was quickly identified as 44-year-old nurse Cindy James. She had been drugged and strangled, and her hands and feet had been tied behind her back. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police believed that her death was either an accident or a suicide but we'll get into it how i bet even after reading the whole thing and knowing about this case i don't understand how a suicide is even possible option what the fuck canada this is where i'm at with mine too let's get into it so (laughs) when cindy was 19 she married dr roy makepeace who was 18 years older than her hold on his name is dr makepeace (laughs) yes
2: Okay. All right. Know. I didn't even, do, I didn't even put those
0: two together. That's weird. Okay. She graduated from nursing school in 1966, and later she became the administrator for a preschool for children with behavioral and emotional issues. Uh, she and her husband never had any children, and in 1982 they separated. Uh, About four months after her divorce, Cindy began receiving harassing phone calls and letters. She went to her parents, but did not involve the police until the phone calls and letters became threatening. During the next seven years, she reportedly le- nearly a hundred incidents of harassment. Five were violent physical attacks, while others were whispering to silent phone calls. At night, she heard prowlers, heard per- porch lights were smashed, and her phone lines were set- cut multiple times. That's so scary. hmm I hate that. Okay. So here's a couple of examples. One night, Cindy found three dead cats hanging in her garden. Her porch lights had been smashed, and when she tried to call the police, she discovered her telephone lines had been cut. Notes appear- started appearing on her doorstep instead of being mailed. Soon after this, the physical attacks on Cindy herself started. So originally, they were she was getting sporadic phone calls and letters, mm-hmm. and then those letters. What then? She found three dead cats hanging. And then letters started showing up at her house. It's like a gradual escalation of stalk, right? stalking and harassment.
1: Right. And it's getting more physically... Scary? Scary. Yeah. Because yeah.
0: it's like, you're killing cats now. Right. Ugh. Ugh. So, okay. one night in January in 1983... Uh, Her friend Agnes dropped by Cindy's house for a visit, knocked on the door. Uh, There was no answer, so she assumed like Cindy was probably upstairs taking her bath or like sleeping or... But she heard a sound outside, like around the back side of her house. So she investigated and found Cindy outside crouched down with a nylon stocking tied around her neck. Uh, Cindy was visibly shaken and she told Agnes that shortly before she had arrived she had gone into her garage to get something and someone grabbed her from behind they wrapped the stocking around her neck and were strangling her and then Cindy or Agnes started knocking on the door Mm. um the only thing she got a look at from her attacker was the white sneakers uh believing that they got scared off and ran away when Agnes arrived she was she walked out she was like hiding in the backyard Mm -hmm. and that's where Agnes found her Oh, my gosh. Gross. So after that, she moved to a new house, painted her car, and changed her last name. Uh, she also hired a pro- private investigator, Ozzy Caban. The notes became more dark and threatening. And some of the pictures online, they're like the, the, the quintessential stalker notes with, like, cut-out letters from magazines. Oh, really? And they have, like, eyes and bloody knives and, like, really creepy ass shit on them. Uh it,
1: it, <laughs> it reminds me of a new girl when that student starts stalking her or well they think he's stalking her and she's like the deer in his literature story and <laughs> no nothing and Nick like climbs into his shed that he has covered with these giant eyed girl head deer things and there's like <laughs> bloody knives drawn everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that. Anyway, go on. It's creepy. <laughs> uh
0: one so one note left behind on a windshield of City's car showed a corpse being pushed into a morgue. Uh, she started receiving orders of raw meat being sent to her home. Ew! Uh, she once arrived to find her dog shaking and sitting in her own feces with a cord round around her neck tightly. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, sometimes she would receive nearly daily threats, then nothing for long periods of time. Um, her personal journals reflected, like, how traumatizing this was for her. And, like, she, in- like, wrote down every encounter that she had, basically. Poor girl. Uh, the police continued their investigation and questioned Cindy several times. Um, Ozzy felt, which was her private detective, she felt that Cindy, or he felt that Cindy wasn't telling them everything. Mm, like when there was maybe was- another... When she was questioned, it was like she was always constantly withholding information. Okay. Um, And that she wasn't acting as a normal victim would. So she would be victimized. She'd get these notes. She'd be terrified. But then later that day, she'd take her dog for a walk by herself. Okay. So it was like she she wasn't (laughs) acting...
1: It wasn't as if her actions outside of the things that were happening and the reports reflected that she was frightened for her life.
0: Yeah, other than her parents and her friends did say that it, like, really weighed on her. Like, she went from being, like, a bubbly person to being very, like, exhausted and withdrawn. And, like, obviously, like, it took a toll on her mental wellness. Uh But, um, yeah, there was things, like, she'd still walk her dog at night alone. And stuff like that, where...
1: I could see where that's a questionable It's a choice. questionable thing, yeah. yeah. Other than
0: maybe, I mean, maybe it was just her going, I'm not going to let this person dictate my life. Right, I'm going to keep on doing what I mm-hmm. always
1: do because I don't want them to be in control of what I'm
0: doing. Right. Um, but they don't really know. Um right. the police gave her a polygraph test, the examiner claimed that she was withholding information as well. So she wasn't exactly oh. lying, but she wasn't being, like, 100% truthful. Okay. Uh, her mother thinks the reason for her reluctance was that her attacker had threatened her family, and they she was afraid that they would be killed or be hurt. Yeah. Ozzy had given Cindy, like, a two-way radio so that if something happened to her, she could radio him. Like instantaneously? Yes. And so on January 30th of 1984, Ozzy heard a strange sound coming over that two-way radios he had given Cindy. Uh, he went straight to her house. He went around it, found it was locked, looked through a window, and he found her lying on the floor with a paring knife stabbed through her hand. Oh. When he got into the house, the note next to the body, there was a note next to the body saying, you're dead, bitch. Uh, she was taken to the hospital, where she later recalled being attacked by and a needle going into her arm, and then could not remember anything. Huh. Police never looked for fingerprints, took them off the knife, looked for a suspect, uh, and there was no other independent corroboration. They basically thought that Cindy at this point was doing this stuff to herself. Right. She said that sometimes when she was attacked, there was more than one person Uh, She said that there were two or three people. Other times she would say there was just one because this happened multiple times. Like she was attacked multiple times, Uh, but police could never find a suspect or find any witnesses or really any way to corroborate her statements. The Threatening phone calls continued, but they were too short to trace. There were never ones when the police had a 24 hour surveillance on her house for days on end with up to 14 officers like in rotation. But when the surveillance was off her house, another incident would happen.
1: I can totally understand where they're coming from thinking maybe this was like a, what is it called? Not by proxy, but
0: um, Munchausen
1: Munchausen type of thing where she likes mm-hmm. the attention that it's getting her. But yeah, I could, I, I could see where they're coming from because it seems like everything just happens to happen mm-hmm. when no one else is there. Right. Okay. Uh,
0: she became reluctant and frightened to give any details to the police. Over time, the police began to doubt her stories. As they became skeptical of the harassment, Cindy's parents believed her attacker was staying away to make them suspicious of her. Okay. On December 11th, 1985, she was found dazed and semi-conscious lying in a ditch six miles from her house. She was wearing a man's work boot and a glove and suffering from hypothermia. Cuts and bruises covered her body. A black nylon stocking had been tied tightly around her neck and she had absolutely no memory of what happened. Hmm. Agnes Woodcock and her husband, Tom, stayed with Cindy- after that, like they came to her house and stayed with her for a while. Um, one night they heard noises and awoke and woke up to uh, the basement on fire and the phone lines cut. Okay. So there's a fire in the basement and the phone lines have been cut. Tom went to alert the neighbors and make a phone call 911. And he saw a man at the curb and asked him to call the fire department. Instead, the man ran off. The police, though, suspected that Cindy had staged the incident. Uh, they found no dust or fingerprints disturbed on the outside of the windowsill. Mm-hmm. The fire was set inside the house. In order to set it, it was thought the perpetrator would have needed to climb through a specific window. Uh, it was also considered odd that the dog didn't bark or anything. Right. That there was no disturbance that at someone all. else was entering the house. Right. And because her, those clo- at this point, her mental state was beginning to deteriorate under what was assumed this pressure of being stalked and terrorized uh-huh. uh worrying that cindy might be suicidal her doctor committed her to a psychiatric hospital uh, the doctor uh, 10 weeks later she left the hospital her father Otto hack said that she finally admitted to her family and friends that she knew more than what she was saying and would go after her perpetrator herself uh she went back to the police and told them that she believed her husband was behind the her ex-husband was behind the attacks he was a psychiatrist okay uh, police spoke with him and he denied all the allegations and then turned over evidence he had on his answering machine someone supposedly who was harassing his ex-wife he called and left death threat for him or had called and left a death threat for him her ex husband said he believed that cindy was suffering from a split personality however this was no never cooperate corroborated 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 there we go (laughs) and the medical staff and doctors who had treated her for over 10 weeks at the psychiatric ward didn't notice any type of disorder other than like fatigue and
1: obviously like at my at least mild anxiety
0: considering what she's having to right it was almost described as like she was recovering from torture yeah so on may 25th 1989 uh, six years and seven months after the first threatening phone call cindy disappeared on the same day her car was found in a neighborhood parking lot inside were groceries and a wrapped gift There was blood on the driver's side door, and items from her wallet were under the car. Two weeks later, her body was found at the abandoned house. It looked like she had been brutally murdered. Her hands and feet were bound together behind her back. A black nylon stocking was tied tightly around her neck. Yet an autopsy revealed that she had died from an overdose of morphine and other drugs, and police concluded that she had committed suicide.
1: So was it like hogtied behind her back then?
0: Yeah. Uh, Police believe that Cindy had injected herself somewhere and discarded the needle, then walked the mile and a half to the scene where she had tied her feet and hands behind her back after strangling herself. So even if you believe all of that, it just seems odd. She was just laying in this yard that her body wasn't discovered. Yeah. Sooner, if that was the case. Like, where was she for two fucking weeks? Right. Uh, The official cause of death was morphine and other drugs overdose, even though the Royal Canadian Mounted Police... Um, claim it was suicide or possibly an accident. The coroner ruled both of those results out. Uh, uh-huh. Ozzie believes that she had been taken and killed elsewhere then her body was dumped shortly before it was discovered. The Her private investigator also believes that along with her parents that the police weren't interested in finding who was attacking C- Cindy but trying to blame her. Both of Cindy's parents have since passed away and they never know really what happened to their daughter. Her sister has written a book and runs a website dedicated to trying to find her sister's killer. Interesting. Huh. I think the husband did it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, that, yes. I mean, yes. it's just su- suspicious that as a psychiatrist, I mean, he technically knows how to drive a person crazy. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, it's kind of like that gang stalking thing. But mm-hmm. also, to be fair, the evidence doesn't necessarily prove that there is a secondary person. Like the physical evidence around, it doesn't seem to prove that there was a secondary person. I think so what that I happened- can see where they're coming from, where they're like, maybe it's just like a build up to her own suicide, make it this big you know whatever but i don't think that she did
0: well and what i was what i had read and what i think and i think is the the the, probably the most accurate theory is there was someone stalking her Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and that because the more people didn't believe her the more she was desperate to make things happen so that people would believe her
2: Mm. so that
0: some of the some of the scenarios may have been done by cindy herself like the fire Kind of like people who are like, I believe in Bigfoot, so I'm going to make evidence
1: so that other people like will look into it too, type of thing.
0: Yes, except for in her mind, like she did it, but in her mind, she didn't. Mm. Like at that, like the fire, for example, this had been four years of nonstop stalking and terrifying behavior. At that point, maybe she did have a mental break and and did set the fire but has no recollection of it because in her mind her stalker did it but it was her subconscious like trying to make people believe that there was someone because there was someone Mm -hmm. and then this person eventually got her and killed her because Mm -hmm. i mean if you're gonna suicide just doesn't i mean it wasn't suicide there was no way because i mean the car had signs of a struggle there's blood on the car there's stuff under her door was open you know what if it what if it was something where
1: it was her subconscious she was doing all this stuff and then she just happened to get kidnapped and murdered by some other person and that's just like what it things like that it's like what if that just happened and then everybody's like wait a second was there somebody or was there this like a very small percent chance but i'm
0: like what what if that was to happen because things like that do happen where it's like what the fuck you know what this this story actually kind of reminds me of? Hmm. Aral Steins the Babysitter. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it had mm-hmm. Babysitter One, which actually had a stalker, crazy killer guy, and then there was the Babysitter Two, and in the Babysitter Two, she had a mental break mm-hmm. and she had been started killing people and stalking herself, mm-hmm. and it turns out it was her the whole time.
1: And that's where I don't know because it could have been for her. I mean, obviously, I don't know what right. happened. Nobody's really totally sure what happened, but like having. The divorce and it may have been something where she did have like a semi-mental breakdown and even if she did have disassociative personality like that's not necessarily something that will happen when you're in a place that you don't have a high stress situation you're dealing with so if mm-hmm. she's at this place for 10 weeks and they're like talking to her she's actually able to like discuss things and whatever and not just holding everything inside yeah I could see where maybe it wouldn't up here cuz you can't just like call
0: on it you know i i mean i personally think the the theory that there was someone stalking her and she was murdered but it's possible that some of the incidents were not done by somebody else mm-hmm. that it well, could have been in her own mind like maybe i'll start this fire so that they'll believe me kind mm-hmm. of like the it's almost kind of like the e- elinfeld or whatever elinfeld the the <laughs> Not you, Jesse. The what's the ghost in the the haunting in England?
1: Oh, um, the it's Elenfeld, isn't it? No, it's um, it starts with an E. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: What is it? Either no, way, it's gonna bother me. Where there no, was there were actual phenomenon happening, but then because people weren't believing them, they started it, stealing their own. You yeah, know, I mean? it's not Elenfeld. It's um the
1: because it's the one that they do for like the conjuring Mm -hmm. enfield enfield i was like "Eh." it's not
0: elenfeld that's (laughs) jesse
1: but yeah no that's i mean it makes that probably makes the most sense is that there Mm -hmm. was this stalker and then she whether it be consciously or subconsciously, subconsciously Did some things to kind of verify it in her own mind because she was getting gla- gaslighted so bad. Right. That it was like, no, see, see, physically, this is happening. Mm-hmm. um But yeah, it's so fucking weird. But then at the same time, it's like you look at it and it's like there's literally hit her letters or that she was getting were like cut out from magazines mm-hmm. and all that stuff where it's like she could have done it, but that That's was a lot probably of probably the work. point yeah (laughs) that's probably the point that it's like she could do it yeah so (sighs) weird dude and it my uh case is gonna be the same kind of feeling like exactly hashtag theme it it, it almost like semi feels like a stealing the thunder type of thing because we're gonna be i mean it's totally different like circumstances whatever but A very similar, like, what the fuck? But how? But I guess,
0: kind (laughs) of. But once again, we did not plan this. I know it's
1: weird. It's weird. It's like we get in these like,
0: this sounds interesting moods at the same
1: time. Yeah. At least it's not all baby murder.
0: Yeah, that's. I prefer to move away from baby murder.
1: Yep, those are the the worst ones when we accidentally both do baby murders. Do something that deals with children being murdered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have to pee.
1: Me too. Okay, let's go. Welcome back. Well, thank you. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Wasn't prepared for that
2: surprise.
0: All right, so you got a story for me or what? I do. I do. I do. Ooh. I do. I do. I do.
1: Who likes orange soda? Kel
0: likes orange soda. soda. I do. I do. I do.
1: Ooh, Ooh. All right. So I'm going to tell you about Ellen Ray Greenberg. 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 So Ellen Ray Greenberg, also known as Ellie, which is what I'm going to call her the rest of the okay. This story um, was born in New York City on June 23rd, 1983, uh, to Joshua and Sandra Greenberg. Ellie was an only child and her parents said that she was very athletic, but also girly growing up. She liked all the frills, the pink stuff, but she also really enjoyed playing sports. Mm -hmm. Um, She became a teacher when she moved to Philadelphia. She got her certificate and specialized in reading. Okay. So she started in New York, moved to Philadelphia to teach and kind of have a new start. Okay. Um, According to her students, she was- In
0: West Philadelphia, sorry just all of a sudden popped into my head. I couldn't stop. I think you could have. You chose that
1: too. No, no, it had to come out. Um. So her teachers, teachers, her students said that she was a really good teacher. Everybody seemed to really like her. There, there was not a single student that was like, mm, no, thank you. Um, Ellie met a man named Sam Goldberg.
0: Goldberg. 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 Who- mighty ducks (laughs) yes for those of those of you who aren't woke to the mighty duck culture
1: to the mighty ducks that came out like 30 years ago (laughs) (laughs) um so he worked in television and was a producer at nbc uh three years into their relationship they got engaged and they were extremely happy and excited from what everybody was saying like they were planning things they seemed to be really like enjoying the planning part of it gross gross (laughs) gross they liked each other yuck yuck happiness ew (laughs) uh so three years into their relationship oh i just said that (laughs) (laughs) i i scrolled up but not quite enough um the wedding was set to be in August of 2011 because she, this was like the end of 2010 when they got engaged.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, in August of 2011 and Ellie could not wait. Literally everything I read was like, she was so excited about the process of like finding a dress and making the save a dates and doing all that stuff. It was just like her thing. And she was really excited to marry Sam. Mm-hmm. Um they were planning to have this big, fancy wedding in a Pennsylvania hotel. The dad said that it was supposed to be this, like, real fancy, high-end whatever, right? Okay. So January 26th of 2011, Ellie called her mom on her way to work, and they had, like, a normal conversation. Um, other than he, she was asking her mom, like, tax advice because... She's like, I have this, this, she must've moved a tax bracket or something, but basically Mm -hmm. her mom just told her what she needed to save and she'd be fine. Um, So then on January 26th, it became very snowy. So she's on her way to work. It starts snowing. School ends up getting closed early. So Ellie gets to leave and go home early. She stops at a gas station, fills up her gas tank, heads back to her loft And um, Sam got there not long after that because he also left work early because of the storm. Uh, They were there together until about 4.45. And then Sam left to go work out at the apartment gym. And it was just like a 30-minute workout. He must have gone and like ran or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Then when he finished working out, he came back up to the apartment and the door was locked, which was weird because usually... So it all automatically locks. They have, like, key fobs. But mm-hmm. what was weird about it is the slide lock, like, in hotels where it's that, like,
0: yeah, like arm, the bolt
1: thing. Yeah, that arm that comes over, and then you can kind of open it up, but it, like, stops it. That was shut, so it had to purposely be shut from the inside. So Sam's like, it was just weird because we never do that. We always just, User. I just was in the apartment building, and I would be back, you know? Yeah. Um. So... Anyway, uh he gets back into the um gets to the apartment, it's locked. He tries to open it a few times, so he pulls out his phone after waiting for a few minutes and his texts her and is like, "Hello." A few minutes later, "Open the door." A few minutes later, "What are you doing? Open mm-hmm. the door." Okay, I'm getting pissed. <laughs> right. "Open the door." Waiting, 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 and then he's just like, "What the fuck, Ellie?" And then you have no idea assuming i'm assuming this was after a long period of time i didn't see like the actual time stamps yeah but according to the timeline of when the rest of it happens i think it was over like the period of like 45 minutes of waiting okay um but anyway so he still didn't hear anything so he officially started to worry that something was wrong because it was so out of character So he went down to the security desk at the apartment building and asked the security guy to let him in. Like they had to have had some way of getting in, you know?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and he said, well, can't do that because you don't have proof of ID because he just ran down to the gym. (sighs) So I can't prove that you actually live there. It's just basically rules, you know? Um, and he's like, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to go break in and I want you to come with me because I want another person there to show that it was me doing it. It's not, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so he says he had the security guy come up with him, um, and he kicked in the door. Okay. Uh, and as he walks into the door, he sees Ellie slumped on the floor in the kitchen, like sitting up against the cupboard, like, you know, just kind of slumped over. Yeah. Um, clearly was not moving, clearly was like unconscious or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So so obviously when, he saw this. they like called nine one one right away
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and a weird thing, weird note she had a white like dish towel in her hand that was like perfectly white from all accounts, there was no blood on it whatsoever. weird, okay? so just like a note for later mm-hmm. so anyway, he calls nine one one uh the dispatcher asks Sam to start doing c p r so Sam like lays Ellie out to do c p r and was about to do chest compressions. And that's when he, like, noticed that there was still a knife lodged in her chest. <gasps> um, and so that's when this dispatcher was like, okay, don't do CPR. Because obviously that's not going to help this situation. And it's like, what,
0: what happened? Is that my house or your house? <laughs> I think it was your house. <laughs> what, Sounds whatever. like a home. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> so um, anyway, so he stops doing CPR, it was just, like, two minutes later that the cops got there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, like, well, first responders got there, and she was pronounced dead at 640 that evening. That's why I'm, like, I'm guessing it was about 45 minutes he waited, because mm-hmm. it would have landed him right at that, like, six o'clock time. Yeah. So, with all this happening, um, anyway, so, she's That's a lot of dead at six...
0: I probably would have kicked the door in a lot sooner.
1: <laughs> well, right, but... <laughs> And that's that's where it's like there's so many weird things throughout this whole thing that it's like I don't know, I don't know. So right off the bat, the police treated this as a suicide, as if she killed herself. Reason being there was no evidence of any sort of um forced entry other than the door being kicked in.
0: Um and it's a there weird was no, way to commit suicide.
1: Yeah. And there was no like fingerprints on any, any, like on the handle of this stuff. There was, mm-hmm. it was just one of those things that they're like, it seems like a suicide, which sucks because you don't know, mm-hmm. um, especially with such a weird thing, but they treated it as if it was because there was no sign of forced entry. There was nobody else in the apartment as far as they were aware when this happened.
0: Um, supposedly so Sam had this like, when they got there when like the first responders got there. No,
1: I think okay. I think it was like immediately when they got there they pronounced pretty her much pronounced her dead. Okay. Um because they didn't say that they proceeded to do CPR or anything. It just said she was pronounced dead. Okay. Um this was also weird though because all the signs around her was like she was planning to do stuff. So she filled up her tank earlier, right? Mm-hmm. But um, again, you can't like you don't you just don't know. Like if right. somebody's going through something, they don't nece- it's not necessarily logical if they're wanting to commit suicide Mm -hmm. um but she had just started like slicing up fruit it seemed like before she died or was killed or whatever it may end up being um there were blueberries in a strainer that were just rinsed and she had just sliced up an orange what if it was like a freak accident let's see and that's what i thought at first but you just wait until you hear all the bits
0: no that's because i was like what if she was like because i I could just see myself doing this tripping cutting up something and just tripping and just ended up fucking impaling herself on a kitchen knife, right? Like run
1: across the room, turn around and go to grab the knife at the same time as you fall on yeah. top of it. And then you're like, Oh, and lean against the, the and counter just slide and slide
0: down. down. And if it yeah. hit her right, she's just dead. Like that's just what happened. Minutes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and right next to her fruit in the, that was in the sink and the blueberries, you know, were two clean knives okay okay so it's like she used those knives to cut them is what it kind of seems like or a knife one of the two to cut the oranges and had just rinsed it off and set it in the sink Um, after looking at all the entry points like i said it they were determined nobody had broken in there was no forced anything and nobody around them they were in an apartment building saw or heard any sort of scuffle screaming any hounding of anything for people trying to get in there was no knocking at the door mm-hmm. um so they're like we we don't know really what happened so obviously they have to dig a little bit deeper um so when Ellie was discovered she had no clear defensive wounds either like her hands weren't mm-hmm. mauled up she it was kind of just this was what happened um there was also no blood outside the kitchen Like there was very little amount of blood for being a stab wound, Mm -hmm. especially one that would have been fatal. And the DNA that was on the knife was only hers. There were no fingerprints, nothing like that. There was no sign of anybody who had climbed up to this sixth floor apartment because they lived on the sixth floor and it had just snowed. There were no footprints outside anywhere where it would have been a Mm -hmm. secondary entry point, you know. Uh, this is why they considered it a suicide right away because everything was just it pointed at there was nobody else there.
0: Were there any cameras in the hallway or anything like that? So
1: they had security cameras at the entry points of the apartment, but not in like the hallways or like the elevator area. It was like seeing people come in and outdoors. Okay. No unauthorized person came in or out that day either. Okay. Um, the day... After Ellie's death, her body was examined, obviously. Um, There was, there they found that she had been stabbed eight times in the chest. (gasps) Some were super like, just like, that's why they were like, well, maybe she stabbed herself because it was like a tester, like, "Ah," and then just really (laughs) went in with that last one. Some were like a couple centimeters deep, but the one that actually was stuck lodged in her chest was four inches deep.
0: See, to me, I feel like that wouldn't... Like, you stab yourself once and it hurts. I feel like it would take a lot of balls to stab yourself eight different times at different depths before finally stabbing yourself. But it
1: also could have been a, uh, okay, that wasn't that bad. You know, it could have been
0: the opposite of it hurts, too. I don't know, but... I mean, just from getting a paper cut, I don't see how that could be a thing, but...
1: (laughs) She on top of this though, she had two stab wounds in her stomach, as well, mm-hmm. and she had a two-inch gash on her head that they're not really sure what it would have come from, like whether it be she hit her head when she fell or mm-hmm. what. There's just so many things. Uh- <laughs> like
0: someone cleaned up the blood because there. Why was there not more blood?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I write, yikes, a suicide? I think not. <laughs> Also, she had ten stab wounds to the back of her neck and head. That's
0: not. I. Nope. I know. Okay, so suicide is ruled out completely.
1: Right. Accident else... is
0: ruled out completely.
1: Yeah. So she also. It, yeah. In my head, I'm like, this. Obviously, it's in so, the back, right? Somebody was murdered. Okay. Um. She also had bruises all over the right side of her body, um, but they were at various ages. Like, some were old, some were new.
2: Mm-hmm. Sam. Um,
1: uh Yeah. So, they, no, they did determine that some of these bruises may have been uh, caused by, like, her yoga and Pilates things that she would do. Because she was, like, in high-intensity mm-hmm. workout regimens. But her parents say she never did yoga or Pilates. That wasn't her thing.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: was possible that that's what it could have been caused by is something like that but it doesn't mean that she actually did it yeah um but her parents also don't know everything that she mm-hmm. did with her life because they lived elsewhere yeah so but her dad was just like she does, as far as i know she didn't even do yoga or pilates she liked things like weightlifting and this and that you know yeah. it makes it look like abuse obviously mm-hmm. and it's on the right side of the person's body probably a left-handed person is my thought mm-hmm. um but yeah was sam left-handed
2: huh was sam left-handed
1: no it didn't say anywhere um, i mention it because that's what because that's what i think (laughs) you're hitting with the left hand it's going to be on the right side of the person you're hitting but this is this is me being a sleuth not what the sleuth said all right all right (laughs) um with all this being said obviously it was ruled as a homicide once she was okay um examined uh and Apparently Ellie's family wasn't contacted. Um, they said that that it was a... They weren't told that it was a homicide. They said that they found out through a friend who saw it on the news and asked them about it. Weird. And so then when they had Ellie's funeral, um, Ellie's dad had told some of the family and friends that this is it was declared a homicide, you know, because mm-hmm. they... Whatever um and once the cause of death was declared, the Philadelphia homicide unit stepped in and looked at the details a bit closer. uh They were able to track Sam's key fob and compare it to the timeline, which completely checked out from what he said had happened. I left it this time, I came back, and I tried it, and I tried it, and I tried, and I tried it, it. <laughs> yeah, and they also found that um no unauthorized people came in and out like I said because of the security cameras uh, during the time of Ellie's death. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also found that no, oh, that's not, I just keep scrolling up and then I try to start reading the same paragraph. Smart. Uh, January 29th of 2011, the police announced that even though the medical examiner had determined the cause of death as homicide, they still weren't completely convinced that it was a homicide because all of the physical evidence elsewhere showed that it was there was nobody else there. So
0: that's what bleach is for, you goddamn fucking they,
1: jackasses. They never did a luminol test. Okay, well then go fuck yourself. Okay, yeah. They never did one, which now it's like obviously they can't go back and do it and yeah. be like here it is. Um, and with this they were kind of looking into ellie as a person to kind of see where her mental state was at and see if it was a possibility that it was a suicide because there was nobody there Mm -hmm. um which makes sense i mean if it's like doesn't seem like anybody's there
0: because all the wounds on her back were how do you do that to yourself no it's not a thing
1: i'm just i i agree but this is
0: just so you guys know amanda mind stabbing yourself in the back it's not a thing
1: it's the back of the neck and the head so it's just in this upper part but it also seemed like the stab wounds were in an upward trajectory rather than a downward project trajectory, mm-hmm. which i talk about later but um i just get so into these and i get way ahead of myself i'm like i'm like i said earlier <laughs> uh anyway so they looked into her like recent past right And I guess that a month or two before she had died, um, there did seem to be a huge change in her personality, which also could be a cause because of abuse or Mm -hmm. something happening, some sort of something happening. Um, She used to be bubbly and friendly and outgoing, and she seemed very shut down and anxious and stressed, but they also thought that this could be getting stressed out about planning the wedding Mm -hmm. and she kept saying that it had to do with work to like her parents and stuff. Cause they'd asked her, like the dad, I watched an interview with him and he's just like, it, it, something was different. Something had changed. I don't know what it was. I don't know, but she was not the same person. Um, and she just kept telling me that she was really stressed at work. That's all she would tell me. But her coworkers on the other hand said that when she was at work, she was happy and seemed upbeat and whatever it was when she was not at work that she didn't seem happy uh so ellie had also been telling her parents that she wanted to quit her job and move back in with them even though in harrisburg even though they were still planning their wedding and like had just made the save the dates and were still planning to get married in August. She said she just wanted to come home because she was so stressed from her job. She just needed like a break from life.
0: I wonder if she was still planning it because she didn't know how to get out of it.
1: Okay. That's see. And that's where I'm at. I'm like, I think it was more of like a putting up this not putting up a front but like putting up this demeanor of yes we're still together we're still together and then once she was able to make her escape she would have maybe shared more yeah about what was happening with sam but either way she said that said to them that everything was fine with sam like that that was fine it was just her work she just needed a break from all that the work side of things so her parents are like, oh, okay, whatever you say, I guess. You can only know what you're told.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, her parents urged her to see a psychiatrist, smart parents, um, and began and she began seeing Dr. Berman. Um, she saw this woman three times, and in Dr. Berman's note, which notes, which after she had died and it was under questionable circumstances, were they could
0: review them, yeah,
1: uh-huh, were uh made public in a sense. Uh, said that Ellie was not suicidal. she diagnosed her as an adjustment disorder and anxiety, and that's it. There was no like suicidal tendency. She didn't seem like she was on the brink of wanting to hurt herself in any way. It was just overwhelmed, basically. Mhm um, Dr. Berman prescribed Ellie a couple of different meds to help her with her symptoms: clonopin, zoloft, Ambien, and xanax. That's a lot, yeah um so it's like anti-anxiety anti-depression uh sleeping and then another anxiety
0: medication yeah the clonopin is in case you have an anxiety attack it, mm-hmm. it's a trank basically
1: yep so Ellie oh, shit. is it your sister yep so at the time of her death Ellie only had clonopin and Ambien in her system not sure why she would have Ambien in the middle of the day but she did um yeah. and so the one that they were like everybody was very concerned about was um I believe Zoloft because that tends to have uh
0: you can have suicidal tendencies. It's weird that like, antidepressant depression medicine makes you yeah. suicidal. Yep.
1: Yeah. So that's where everybody was like, oh she's on these medications. Maybe that's what caused it. And it was proven that the only thing that was in her system at the time was the two that don't necessarily have those issues. Mm-hmm. Um Otherwise, her blood was clean. There was no other, like, recreational drugs, alcohol, nothing in it. Uh, There were theories that the meds may have triggered. Oh, yep, yep, yep. We already talked about that because I went off script. (laughs) So the door was locked from the inside. Sam was gone for 30 minutes. There was no sign of anyone other than Ellie being in the apartment during the time, but she had been stabbed a lot in the front and in the back. Here's our
0: wrap-up of where we're at. To sum up.
1: Yes. They hired a third party, the parents, hired a third party neuropathologist to look. Oh, no. Lies. It was not the parents. We're not at that point yet. It was the police hired a third party neuropathologist, they said, to look at the back and neck wounds to see what kind of damage was done to the spinal cord. Mm
2: -hmm. Because
1: their thought was that if she had been had stabbed like this into her neck and um, either severed it she wouldn't have been able to stab herself mm-hmm. in cuz it's a, from what they could see this was what happened first so she wouldn't have been able to even move her appendages the correct way to stab herself and mm-hmm. or be strong enough or if it was just nicked it could make it so that she was numb and so when she stabbed herself she wouldn't have even felt it really okay Uh, so they kind of looked, they looked at it and this neuropathologist said, well, it was nicked, it wasn't severed, so she should still have, like, control of her limbs, but it may have caused some numbing, not all numbing. Mm -hmm. Um, so once again, they were like, well, it, maybe, we don't know, this is kind of the whole thing is, ah, ooh, I don't know. So they thought that maybe it could have been a suicide at that point. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Once again, the parents found out that they had... So at this point, the medical examiner was like, well, knowing that, it could have been a suicide. So he det- had to change it to undetermined mm-hmm. because there was no, I mean, there was no option at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So the parents, again, found out on TV that this was changed.
0: Um, Why weren't they told? I don't know. He wasn't married, so it's, he wasn't her next of kin. No.
1: And that's they. that's their biggest issue is that, like, They felt like either it was complete incompetence when it came to the investigation or it was a straight, we fucked up right away. So now we're trying to kind of make things less obvious that we fucked up Um, because it seems like they declared it obviously too soon and didn't do the appropriate things they should Mm -hmm. have done when they found a violent death. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, oh, well, we can't really go back and fix that now. So let's just go ahead and not admit that we fucked up. And this is probably what happened and just kind of try to push things in the realm of suicide is kind of Mm -hmm. what it seemed like. And so the parents just felt like they were, because the parents didn't believe it was a suicide, they felt like they were kind of avoiding them and telling mm-hmm. them things. So her parents obviously didn't believe that it was a suicide or undetermined or anything. Someone else stabbed her. She got stabbed 20 times. Right. That's it's she got stabbed 20 it's times. It's logical. That's,
0: she she got stabbed 20 times.
1: Exactly. So Let's say it
0: one more time for the people in the back. She was stabbed 20 times.
1: <laughs> Ten times in the back. 10 times in the front
0: <laughs> that equals 20 by the way yeah
1: math <laughs> so her parents began doing their own investigation and sleuthing because they were like obviously you guys aren't going to look into it so mm-hmm. um and being it was considered undetermined like undetermined like cause of death it wasn't a suicide so it wasn't a closed case so Mm. they couldn't just get the files from the police because it was still considered an open case so when the parents went to go get files they wouldn't
0: release them them all of them okay
1: so they bought the opt autopsy report which i didn't know you had to buy an autopsy report when it was done Mm. to look at it but apparently they did Um, And they got the photos of the scene and all that stuff, her injuries, the scene, whatever, what they could get without having to pull the whole file from the police because the police wouldn't give them the whole file. Mm -hmm. Um, They hired a man named Cyril Weck. Um, He was a forensic pathologist from Pittsburgh. He is actually the man who originally challenged the one-shot theory on the assassination of jfk because he was like it's not possible that he got shot once because it was bang bang blow up his head type of thing
2: Uh Um,
1: after he reviewed reviewed the report he said that he couldn't understand how anybody would try to rule this as a suicide Mm -hmm. he's like it makes no sense um again between the like stabbing and like the angle of the stabbings Mm -hmm. it was like "Mm, someone else had to have done it because you can't bend your arm that way Okay. Uh, the police were withholding the records from the parents, like I said, and so they hired Larry Kastner, which was a civil rights, he's a civil rights lawyer, mm-hmm. um, to, or like, try to get what they could from them, um, and he organized a meeting with the parents, the police, and the representatives of the state, basically, Okay. Uh, in May of 2012, in attempt to reopen the case so that they would actually start investigating it. And that came to nothing. Um, And they filed a public record request, which eventually was granted, um, but it took a few times. They got denied a few times. Um, And anyway, so they were able to go and see and read the files, but they weren't able to like make copies and take them out of the the actual file space. So they couldn't like, keep records of what they read they just had to like remember it Mm -hmm. which is i get it but it's just like but how are they supposed to do all that but okay um they were all feeling very defeated uh then they found tom brennan who is kind of like the superhero of the story uh in 25 he was a 25 year police officer retired and he said that he would work this case for free so he was like a Private investigator, but he was like, This is ridiculous. I'll just do this.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me just, let me just, let me just do this.
1: His main point was just because there wasn't defensive wounds doesn't mean that someone didn't attack her. Mm -hmm. She was stabbed in the back of the neck. If she was cutting fruit, it was a blitz attack. She got stabbed in the back of the neck. She turned around to see her attacker and got stabbed in the front. Right. That's it. Done. Obviously, that's what happened. It was his big thing. And he pointed out that. In the pictures of her body, she had a stream of blood running from her nose to her ear as she was sitting up straight, which means she was laying down at some point and got sat up or she sat herself up, which wasn't mm-hmm. possible with the injuries she had. Right. So someone else had to have been there and probably cleaned up. Um, again, she had the white cloth in her hand. So how is it that she's doing stuff to herself and not getting blood on this thing she's holding? Right. Um, So in 2015, Guy Deandria, I think is how you say his name, a homicide prosecutor looked through the whole report of Ellie's death and couldn't find a single file saying that they had a neuropathologist come in and look at the (gasps) neck
2: injuries.
1: (gasps) And so when he requested it from the police being like, is this someplace else? Do you file it differently? Like whatever it may be they basically told him that either it had been lost or it never existed in the first place. So yeah, they think what they did fucks. is, they, ju- uh, yeah, they think what they did is they just had like the medical examiner do a pathological look mm. at it and be like, mm. uh, so yeah. So they, this was like their main point of it still could have been a suicide because it was just nicked. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it just,
2: <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Anyway, so Tom Brennan uh found out that they had part of like they had preserved part of the spinal cord mm-hmm. um, as evidence, and so in the medical office for this, and so he got that sent to a specialist that he found, okay, and they said that the stabs penetrated ellie's cranial cavity, so it wasn't technically the spinal cord, it was the cranial cavity, but it would have severed it. Possibly enough to m- render her immobile or make her just pass out right there, like she wouldn't okay. have been able to stay conscious so if that's the case, then she definitely didn't give herself any of the other stab wounds because mm-hmm. that was the f- determined the first thing that happened um He also said that there were signs that there was str- strangulation because there was um pressure points on the spinal cord from it getting like. Bent in on itself if that makes sense oh so he said that's also a sign of strangulation or like a whiplashy type of sign Mm -hmm. um but in this case there would be no way of whiplash so well there could
0: be if he if someone like slammed yeah
1: well and that's where the laceration in her head i'm like did she get like slammed into something yeah and attacked like i just hmm so many things so Many people, well-known people who have looked at this said, clearly it's a homicide. Mm -hmm. Um, But how is the biggest question? Like, how is there no sign of anybody else being in the apartment? Um, Tom Brennan made the point that it isn't possible. It isn't impossible to lock a swing lock from the outside. It's It's, not. No. You you look it up on YouTube, you get like 100 results of hacks to lock a swing lock from the outside.
0: Or what if... Can I, can I just yeah, go for it right now? Yeah. So the, what if someone came in and killed her and then they locked that and were in the apartment when he was texting her mm-hmm. and cleaned, cleaned everything up and then we're, eating, we're waiting for him to like go somewhere. And then as soon as he like went downstairs to get the security guard, they left and locked the apartment. See, and that would make
1: sense to me too, because... One of the issues later on that they discover is that the lock that he said he kicked the door open with, that that lock was not broken off. It was just moved. It wasn't like he actually had to kick the whole door into it. It looked like somebody maybe took it and yanked it backwards and pulled it off the hinge. So it could have been that it wasn't even locked when he came back up to break into it and
0: just slammed it interesting interesting i like this that was my okay (laughs) well because my first theory before you said she stabbed got stabbed in the cranial cavity is that but and before we we started like the first thing i said after i was like what if it was an accident my first thought was what if someone attacked her and they ran out and she locked it so they couldn't come back and then passed out in the kitchen which could have been a thing But then the blood where was the blood yeah. and then you're like well there was no trace of blood everything was cleaned up and i was like okay so it could have been that mm-hmm. and then as you were going on i was like if it's not sam mm-hmm. my the only my only thought would be that they were still there when he showed up and, and it was fully waited. locked and they they while they were waiting they fucking cleaned mm-hmm. and cleaned out the uh, the whole scene up and then as soon as he left they fucking booked it out and some and maybe didn't even lock it or yeah something kind of half ass pulled it closed again right or did something i mean i could see that because um, i've unlocked a bolt lock from outside of a hotel room door oh yeah like it's not you can do which which is also confusing to me though because he could have mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm,
1: continue mm-hmm. so <laughs> another random fact uh about suicide so only like one to three percent um of suicides are attempted stabbings mm-hmm. and like barely any of them are actually successful
0: that's because most suicide attempts before you you get a moment of clarity and you don't want to die
2: mm-hmm. and, and so with
0: a stabbing you have to like, really commit to doing yeah, it. it it's the same for like um like a bunch of people that interviewed that have jumped off the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge and survived the mm-hmm. couple as people, they were falling as they were falling went this was a mistake so that's kind of mm-hmm. it's a i can that's what that's kind of why i was like if she was doing it to herself i would think after the first like one or two stabs it would have been like okay this is a bad okay idea. no this
1: is not yeah see and that's where it's like how would one keep you like unless she had like a frenzy break in her mm-hmm. like psyche just, yeah psyche she was yeah Which there's no sign that that would have happened. She's been going to a psychiatrist who's like, I mean, she has anxiety and has like adjustment disorder, but that's just, if you're stressed, you tend to, you can develop that, you know? Yeah. Um, They had said that there wasn't anything on her phone.
0: I unplugged myself. Oh. I was like, what happened? (laughs) I got a little excited with my blanket and just whipped her right out. Sorry. Continue. (laughs) They, they
1: said that there hadn't been anything on her phone or her computer um, that would contribute to the case, uh, which is why they were, like, again, leaning towards suicide. They said there was no, like, contact with anybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but new experts found that there were searches for quick suicide, painless suicide, and suicide methods on her computer. There's that that leads towards wow. a different, again, like I said, it's, like, back and forth all these things point towards different directions right so our parents filed a civil lawsuit against the philadelphia medical examiner and the pathologist who supposedly conducted this autopsy in in october of 2019 um they said that their only reason for doing it was trying to get them to change their ruling to homicide because they felt that it wasn't according to their pathologist felt that it wasn't declared correctly so they're like we weren't trying to get any money or anything we were literally just filing this suit in order for them to relook at it and we
0: just want it investigated properly exactly like that's all we want and i apologize if you can hear the dogs barking in the background when i edit this because they're it's being fine. fucking assholes right now
1: <laughs> it's fine <laughs> um they also found that the police had pressured the medical examiner into changing their Uh, ruling from homicide to inconclusive.
0: Weird. This is boiling my blood.
1: I know. Basically, suicide was physically impossible. The end. Mm -hmm. So Sam... No, I just said okay. um, So Sam was not officially considered a suspect, again, because they technically weren't looking at suspects. Mm -hmm. And Ellie's parents say that they haven't outright accused him or, like, asked him about it before, but whenever they mention anything like it, um it gets really quiet and uncomfortable so i don't know if it's just him being like guys i don't know what else to
0: tell you right i could get how it could go both ways like Mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about it i didn't fucking kill her i don't Mm -hmm. know what happened and i could understand how it could feel like he failed to protect her or Mm -hmm. something but then on the other hand it's like hey dude what the fuck Mm
1: -hmm. well and that's her her parents are like we stayed in contact for like a year year and a half after her death Mm -hmm. and then he had gotten a new girlfriend and basically was like i need to just move forward with things i can't
2: i can't dwelling
1: in this yeah Yeah. and now he's married and he has a couple kids and they're from what i've read they're happy and normal and whatever Mm -hmm. um but the parents still have their suspicions obviously because just the change in her demeanor and stuff when um they had gotten engaged and whatever um in May of 2020 so this year okay there were more details that were exposed um from the day when Sam found Ellie mm-hmm. so sam claims that Phil the security guard um was with him when he went to break into the apartment but Phil says he didn't leave his desk that entire day and because they treated it as a suicide they didn't necessarily like ask everybody every you know what I mean like they didn't investigate it uh-huh. the way they sh- were supposed to, yeah. Um, and he's like, I didn't leave my desk that entire day. Phil also said that Sam was wearing boots, which he thought was strange when he came down to the desk, saying he was just at the gym and couldn't get back into his apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, and that was like a note in my head because Sam had like, I from what I saw, it seemed like uh this Phil guy had reached out and said like a few different things, but just wasn't. Take taken seriously because they didn't have like a helpline or anything because they thought it was a suicide. Right, or they treated it as a suicide. Exactly. Um his phone records, Sam's phone records show that he called his parents and his uncle who happened to be an attorney before he called 911 after discovering Ellie. What? Uh yeah. And they were actually on their way before emergency services. Were on their way, mm. um, to come there. Did Colts he call from, them
0: before he discovered there?
1: I don't know if they call. See, and that's where it's like you don't know because the timeline says this, but maybe he didn't. Maybe he called them to see. My thought is maybe he called his uncle to see. Will I get in trouble for breaking in this door if I break in this door?
2: Right, that's you know? possible.
1: Um, that sort of thing. So I'm like, there's another. I don't really know. It could have been two different things. Uh, But quotes from Sam from the 911 call were, do I have to, when he was asked to do CPR on Ellie. And when he found the knife that was still stuck in her chest, he said, hmm, she must have fallen on it. Uh, Because of this, he declared, because of this was declared a suicide, there's no way of influencing him to come in for interviews or being questioned. Um, They also found that the blood on Ellie's UGG boots that she was wearing around must have been like UGG. slippers you know mm-hmm. um had blood on top of them and since it was such a violent crime scene with such little blood they believed that the scene had been cleaned up obviously like we mm-hmm. talked about and there was no luminol done so they don't yeah. know for sure um even more recently it was found that the door hadn't even been fully broken into there was barely any damage on the door and the damage that was there it should have left a few shards of like little pieces of wood and a screw was missing from the deal and none of those were found on the floor whether it be they just didn't look for them because of it being instantly declared a suicide or what but that was never found. So it's like somebody either picked them up and left with them or they just were never found because they didn't look into it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, this And Sam's attorney uncle <laughs> had the cousin come back to the crime scene and grab the electronics before they were brought to the police. Um, so they could have been tampered with. You don't know what mm-hmm. happened because they didn't collect them right away. Uh, as of now they're waiting for the surveillance footage at the apartment to like actually review it completely uh the uh the police continue their like outside investigation of it it's not it's not considered an open case but everybody's still kind of like what the fuck because there's there's got to be a police on that force that are like this no
2: Mm -mm. this
1: is weird um they also are figuring out Uh, about getting the, the parents are trying to get the recording of Sam's 911 call to hear his reaction to things, which is not super reliable all the time anyway. Right. Um, But the parents are asking for people to follow the Facebook page uh, that they created. They're trying to make sure that the case doesn't just disappear and people don't think about it and forget about it. Um, They want justice for Ellen, which is the Facebook page. So, okay. what was her name again ellen ray greenberg okay i've never heard of this me neither i was like how have i not heard of this it's such a weird thing Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's the case and the question mark at the end of it
0: that was a good story what happened it's just so weird that's i
1: i think sam did it
0: you think sam did it
1: i think sam did it um just because of his reaction to things. I don't, I hate to like say it that mm-hmm. way, but because he was so like non reactive the it entire time. A perfect
0: way to frame him though, too.
1: Exactly, though. That's you know? the thing.
0: Because what if he, she had a stalker in the apartment building and she knew about it but didn't want to tell anyone or, you know,
1: or there just genuinely was a stalker that maybe she didn't know about mm-hmm. and they had began this like obsession with her yeah um you know just walking down the hall
0: but unfortunately because it was so mishandled and nothing was ever looked into you you have no way of
1: unless someone comes forward it's kind of one of those things that's like we don't know
2: mm-hmm. because
1: the physical evidence that should have been gathered right away was not gathered right away
0: right and it was what pisses me off is it was in 2011 like you fucking you, know. Know. You, you fucking know you fucking know, know.
1: <laughs> That's that was my thought. I'm like, this isn't that long
0: ago, you know. You fucking ID not- investigation discovery has been around for a while,
1: bitch. <laughs> it's not like it's not like 80s and before where you're like, well, I mean, at that point, like, did they know mm. that they should? A lot of people did gather stuff because of possible like future things that would yeah. happen. But you
0: fucking know, you know, you fucking know, you fucking know. <laughs> I think they uh, fucking but- know. Do do they? Bye bye. Uh, Alright, kids. Kate scolded me three more times. So So I texted her and told her to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does this mean for me? I'm recording, <laughs> leave me alone. She said I don't care. I'm like, I do. So stop it. I do. We have two episodes
1: to get done and I gotta be done and like heading into Mason City before noon so that Chris can go to the bank.
0: And it's nine o'clock, so we gotta yeah. fucking go. hey thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening guys you're the best happy fucking new year i mean just congratulations on surviving 2020 is all i'm going to say
1: hey i say happy fucking new year
0: (laughs) spread the word and and no, you go. You had something.
1: And your goddamn selves.
2: <laughs>
1: Welcome to 2021, bitches. Bitches. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I just thought of... Ah. Welcome to 2021, bitches. Level two of 2020. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready.
2: <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Well, on that note... We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.